Welcome to Subscribing to Wellness, the show where Rachel Newman and myself, Daniel Fairman, sit down with leading founders, executives, and investors committed to building a healthier future for consumers. Today's episode is brought to you by our newest partner, Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means a science-backed electrolyte ratio with none of the junk, no sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. I've personally been using Element for nearly six months now daily, and it's not only the cleanest hydration powder in terms of function, but I love the taste, especially the citrus and watermelon flavors. Element supports a low-carb lifestyle and will boost your performance and recovery, regardless of if you're a serious athlete or a weekend warrior. So head to drinkelement.com slash subscribing to wellness. That's drinklmnt.com slash subscribing to wellness for a special introductory deal on your first order. You won't regret it. Today on subscribing to wellness, we are joined by founder and CEO of Mudwater, Shane Heath. Mudwater is an organic coffee alternative made with a blend of spices, mushrooms, and cacao that keeps you focused, alert, but doesn't give you any of the jitters that comes with coffee. We talked to Shane about his journey from UX designer to starting a CPG company, his passion for art and design, and Mudwater's recent SKU expansion, and much more. Shane, welcome to Subscribing to Wellness. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here. For sure. We've been really, really excited about this one. Um, To start, I want to take it way back. Um, You grew up in Santa Cruz, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And from what I know, art has been a huge part of your life from a very early age. Could you just talk a little bit about growing up in Santa Cruz? And I'd just be curious to understand, like, when did your passion for art kind of start off? And and was it kind of a big part of your life early on? Or was it something that kind of evolved much later on? Yeah, it's interesting. um, Because only more recently, like doing a lot of like therapy and Um, medicine work if I'd done a lot of reflecting and kind of connected the dots in reverse on like when these things started and um, yeah Santa Cruz is an amazing amazing place to grow up Um, I think there's a lot of creative energy there Um, you kind of got the convergence of the ocean and the mountains so it's really unique because you could be on the beach and then go a mile inland and just be in like expansive redwood forest forever Um, and growing up, I met a group of friends and we started hanging out at um, just like after school and I'd go over to their house and play in the park and whatnot. And his mom was an artist. So she was um, Swiss woman with like wild, crazy red hair, super creative inside and out. And you, you saw it around their house. And, you know, not until recently um, have I really like connected how impactful that was for me and what's cool is I'm still best friends with with this friend and and his mom and she told she tells me that all the kids would be like running around the house going out to the park skating all those things and she said sometimes she'd be in her studio painting and she'd turn and I'd be there watching so there's definitely something that um, I was drawn towards and I think definitely exposed to as far as what is art Um, as an adult you can be an artist and Uh, I've since rediscovered one of those pieces of paper you fill out in like fifth grade of like, what do you want to be? And you grow up. And that's what I wrote was I want to be an artist. So it was um, 
definitely early in, in, in those formulative years. And I think there was also the, the addition of my dad, not technically, I, I guess, not being an artist and, and you know, like the, the classical way, but he's a builder. So um, he built all the homes that I grew up in and is an amazing creative individual when it comes to that. And so, yeah, I think I was always around sort of creativity and building and seeing ideas on paper in the form of plans or art become physical things that you experience and enjoy. Um, yeah, so once, once I got into college and could kind of like choose what I wanted to study, I started studying design and art and started pursuing that outside of the office or outside of school as well. Gotcha. And so you went to SDSU and you, you majored in kind of art and design, right? Yeah, they, they had two tracks. So there was more of like a, a design major that I could have chose or a fine art major. And then two years before I started at SDSU, they, they started a new major called multimedia, which allowed me to kind of pick and choose from both. So in school, I took web design, typography, those kind of classes. And then I also took um, figure drawing, fine art, um, even like 3D rendering, more like, yeah, typical fine art classes. So it was a blend of both. Um, definitely not like a narrow and deep approach. Yeah. So you did say you wanted to be an artist when you grew up. And I guess we could say that you've grown up a little bit. And I wonder how, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Um, I wonder how you view yourself today. Do you consider yourself the artist that you wish you were, or would you lean more of a entrepreneur or even athlete? That's a, that's a cool question. Um, I'd say I approach things from the lens of being an artist, even if I don't get to paint um, or create in that way, like the standard art artistic form. Um, I yeah, the way I approach anything within business is kind of through that lens of, of intuition and trying to find like my unique expression within it. It could be a project brief, you know, it could be a, a deck, it could be, um, yeah, like, like, a, like a pitch. So that, I would say that, but also I do paint, like I, I have a studio at my house, um, behind me is a painting I painted on our office wall and I'm starting to sort of acclimate to this new level of being a CEO to where I have leadership team um, to, to lean on more versus like in the early years, it was, there was no time for anything. Um, but now I have time. I'm also integrating a lot of my art with the brand and with my personal brand. So this year is like a big shift in that. So I'm super excited to tap into my roots. Um, so yeah, I'd say, I'd say I'm getting there as far as like the artist I wanted to be when I was a kid. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, I want to touch on kind of what you just said in a lot of the exciting new products that you guys did launch at MUD uh, just recently. You you did come out with some sort of like artistic collaboration with it. Do you want to give us a little insight or story behind that? Yeah, yeah. So this year i think it was on january 2nd we launched two new products and sort of like relaunched the brand also in many ways um, the two new products one was matcha our version of matcha the other is more of like a golden milk um, they both combine similar ingredients to our original blend which our original blend is cacao masala chai with four mushrooms lion's mane chaga reishi cordyceps 
that it also has turmeric and cinnamon. And so our matcha can also has some of those spices and the, the same mushroom blend in our, in our turmeric blend as well. Um, but in launching these products, we did a lot of thinking on what is our brand DNA? What is our brand framework? What is our product architecture? Because up until this point, we, our, our brand was really tightly associated to the black tin that maybe you've seen in the ads. And the black tin is really tightly associated to kind of this F your coffee, coffee alternative messaging. So our brand product and positioning were all sort of on one plane. And as we started to look out into the future, we wanted to um, sort of separate that and create like a hierarchy because deep down, honestly, despite how it might've appeared to the customers, our brand always had a stronger why than trying to dethrone coffee. Um, the purpose was always about healing the mind. And if that was our why, our how was to create healthy habits. So, you know, we're really here to create healthy minds through these healthy habits. And the what, so the what we actually make to do that is these products, is these beverages um, that are seeking to replace currently unhealthy habits with something that's better. And so coming in this year, we we're like, how do we encapsulate all of that into sort of this new splash and also integrate a lot of the things that we feel like make us special as a brand um so inspiring curiosity uh you know creative expression things like that were all core to what we've done in the past and and i think what consumers love about our brand and so we got together as a team and just threw a bunch of ideas about the wall and i think what ended up what the result was sort of an amalgam of all of what I just talked about, along with a couple people on the team, specifically someone named Chris Keener, who's our head of film, and his background, which he's a documentary filmmaker. Um, he has a, a film on Netflix called, I think, like Eat, Speak, Dance, something like that. And, you know, it's combining dance with documentary filmmaking and, you know, it's art, music, all of those things. And you, if you look at these these pieces that we have out, it's, it is that, right? It's it's like our mud water DNA woven into this sort of like artistic film that incorporates dance, but also a strong message that inspires curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> you get, I mean, yeah, you get a really, with that response, you get such a strong sense for like, you know, we talked about your like upbringing through art and then how art really continues to like evolve the way that you build the brand over time. Um, and just to take a step back, like I think your journey of art almost led you to kind of the idea for Mudwater in the first place. Like from, my, from what I understand, you were kind of grinding out designer UX UI jobs in Silicon Valley. And then you kind of had an epiphany while you're in India um, about kind of what you wanted to maybe do next. Could you just talk a little bit about the really early days for the idea and kind of you were kind of making it yourself and then yeah. like eventually the transition to really wanting to commercialize it for consumers around the world. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So what's interesting about those moments in life, it's often like years prior where it really starts where like the seed was really planted. And I would say I'd always dealt with um, some mental health issues um, pretty much throughout high school and college in the form of like anxiety, depression, just like feeling extremely lost and lonely and really low self-esteem, like all of those things. 
And in college, I had a roommate who um, committed suicide. And it was, it was just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I started to, I guess I stopped suppressing a lot of those curiosities and a, a lot of that, um, just a lot of the feeling that, you know, maybe it was scary, a lot of the uncertainties of life, a lot of the questions that I had. And I started to sort of like march to the beat of my own drum in, in pursuit of answers and started getting into Ayurveda, started meditating, started yoga, really started to paint, honestly, like up until that point, I was, I was pretty much like going to school, but like, honestly, sadly, like phoning it in in many ways, like it, it came easy to me and I wasn't driven, didn't really know where I wanted to go. Um, and I started to figure out where, where I wanted to go at that point in my life. And got out of school, was living a healthy lifestyle um, and working, yeah, as a, as a designer up in Silicon Valley, just ambitious, trying to, trying to make it. And didn't second guess like the coffee habit as being unhealthy, um, as having a possibility of being unhealthy. I, I thought it was just a, like a performance enhancer, kind of put it in the nootropic category. Like the more I drink, the more I can do, the faster I can do it. And so I was drinking a ton of it as most people around me were. And um, that anxiety, depression just started to like come back. <laughs> um, I wasn't sleeping well and I was just like, what's going on? Like I'm, I'm eating the right things. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm exercising, but like sleep was not something that people really talked about. Like it was kind of this like sleep when you're dead mentality. Um, and I started to look at that. I started to question that whole premise. I started to look at my morning ritual. I started to look at caffeine intake. And right around that time, I happened to get invited to do an art residency in Goa, India. So I was working in Silicon Valley, but also painting and kind of posting to my Instagram and painting live at music festivals and things like that. And I got this like amazing opportunity to live in Goa for six months at like had a studio, it was all paid for, just go and paint and have an art show in Goa and in Bombay. And so I was like, all right, peace out, Silicon Valley. <laughs> I've had enough. Um, and for the first time, uh, left the left North America. <laughs> like I'd never been out and was just like ripped out of the cultural norms and you know, honestly, like the cultural prescriptions, right? Like about what's cool, what's what's not cool, what's right, wrong, what's good, bad, like what you should drink in the morning, um, caffeine, alcohol, like all of these things that are sort of, you know, not drilled into you, but sort of made normal by your teachers, by your parents, by religion, by all of those things, by the people around you. And was, um, you know, living on the beach in Goa, like not drinking coffee, eating healthy, um, but I think just like opening my mind up to what was possible in life. And I think more importantly, like what was possible is that I could, again, like continue to walk to the march to the beat of my own drum. And I came back after being gone for eight months. And, um, and yeah, like I worked at a, another couple tech companies and, but I was mixing together masala chai, cacao, and I started to hear about these mushrooms and mushrooms at that time where it was, it's not like it is today. Like it was pretty early on 
But my mom, since before I was born, had been working for the, the largest mushroom supplier in the United States. Um, so they're called Monterey Mushrooms, bless you. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I was always around mushrooms growing up. Um, and my mom still works there to this day. And so when I started hearing about mushrooms like lion's mane and its potential impacts on the mind and cordyceps for physical performance and chaga, reishi for everything from like stress to immune support, like mushrooms were not foreign to me. So I just started ordering it and adding it to this mug that I was adding chai to, cacao to. And I was just like, I'm probably, I was probably just dealt a bad hand of cards. I can't do what everybody's doing, drink coffee all day. Um, I feel amazing on this. It was just scratching my own itch. There was zero desire to start a company in the food and beverage space, like absolutely zero. I don't spend time in the kitchen, hardly ever cook. I was just, I wanted to start a company. I wanted to lead a company, but I thought it was gonna be a tech company. I thought it was gonna be like a mobile app, something like that. But I'd bring this drink with me pretty much everywhere. And I'd bring like the, like if I was going to Burning Man, I'd bring like the tub of all the things that I needed to make it. And so people would inevitably walk up and just be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'd be like, I'd tell them. And I think the real aha moment for me that sparked me starting the business was that despite everyone around me and me previously drinking tons of caffeine, everybody who I shared that story with and shared this drink with and shared the why with was like, oh my gosh, I feel jittery, anxious. I'm not sleeping well. Like I want to reduce my caffeine content too or quit altogether. And I was like, huh, like, I, I know how to make this drink. I know how to make sites. I know how to make brands. Um, I'm just going to do it. Like, and so in May of 2018, literally over the course of a weekend from Saturday to Sunday, I grabbed my computer and it was the only time in my life where like, business and art just completely merged together. And the brand that you see today, the, the tin, everything, I just like designed the labels, designed the brand, um, made like this custom site and launched it the following Monday and had no, like, I didn't know how to make the product really outside of just like spooning into, into a mug for myself. Um, but I was like, I'll figure it out. And I didn't have any money at the time. I was working for a company full-time, um, but I had like a $4,000 limit on my credit card and orders started to come in slowly. Um, but I started putting out these, this message of, I'm not mad at coffee, I'm just disappointed. So I made something better. And it started to kind of have this like little by little, like a little bit more virality. I'd get some orders and I'd just be like, uh-oh, okay, how do I make this? Like I'll order a Cuisinart mixer, eventually moved into a commercial kitchen and people who got the product would share the product with people. You know, they would putting it online, like I'm drinking something called mud <laughs> and people would be like, what's that? And it just had this kind of, you know, viral effect. And within six months, I was going to work and I'd have my roommate's girlfriends, friends at my house, packaging up boxes while I was at work. I'd come home on my lunch break. They'd give me bags. I'd take it to the post office, go back to work. Then after work, I'd go to the commercial kitchen, mix it, mix product all night. It was just madness. I have like the coolest, but craziest photos of that time where it was just in-house fulfillment, super scrappy. We were going so fast that I like couldn't keep up with demand 
I couldn't quit my job though, because I didn't have enough money to like pay rent. And I was trying to like order supply ahead of demand. Like it was wild. And my friend, Paul DeJoe called me one time and he was kind of like, he, he saw what was going on and he was kind of advising me on the business. And he was like, what you have is extremely special right now. I'm going to write you a check for $25,000. I want to be your first investor and you're going to quit your job tomorrow and you're going to do this full time. Hmm. And I literally, I didn't even, I like was, I, I, I think I was crying kind of. Cause I was like, I don't know if you should do that. Like what's going on. And he just like hung up and was like, check your account. And I was like, Oh fuck. And it was, it was on from then. Um, so I can keep going cause it's pretty <laughs> wild, but uh, that was the, when it became a business was that moment and went out and, and raised funding, quit my job, um, started to grow a really small lean team. Oh my God. You touched on so much there. And that probably is like one of the best stories, if not the best we've, we've actually ever heard. Um, I want to just unpack the mushroom part a bit because you were one of the first in this mushroom category of bringing like chaga and reishi to people's homes in a way that they could eat them and like consume them in a normalized way. What gave you like the confidence that people would buy this product or resonate with mushrooms as like a consumer Mm. packaged good product? Yeah. So at the time there was, you know, Four Sigmatic was probably like the biggest player in that space. And I heard, I heard them on, you know, Tim Ferriss at that time, early days. And uh, again, mushrooms weren't a foreign object to me. Like there wasn't like a big gap between um, like mushrooms was just like any other food for me because I was around it so much growing up. Um, So for me, it was no big deal. I think when I launched the company, I think what, what actually maybe is a, is interesting or maybe potentially a misperception is like the, we weren't necessarily like a mushroom company. It was much more like we're here to replace coffee. And um, I think reducing caffeine consumption was probably the, the biggest piece that I was pushing forward. And I think the how, like, well, how, what what am I going to do? Like if I drink less caffeine, it was like, well, there's, there's cordyceps, there's lion's mane, like it's going, like you're going to be find more balance, like actual energy um, through these adaptogens. Um, But it was secondary. And so we were definitely like a mushroom company, like it's in all of our products. But um, I think at our core, we're really a company that's about creating healthy habits first, which I think is, it just appeals to a broader demographic. And again, at the time, wasn't like I went up on a whiteboard and was like, what's the best way to do this? It was just, it was more of like an intuitive expression to be totally honest. And now being four years in and having a team, we're able to kind of like look back, connect the dots. Like why did that work? What can we learn from that? And how do we speak to our audience today, but also like our audience tomorrow using that? So I don't know if that that quite answers your question, but it could have just been, it was probably more than anything, just, um, like a beginner's mindset of like, I didn't have the fear of like, are people going to be scared of mushrooms? And probably a lot of that was because just I didn't have that personal fear. And um, 
Yeah. Just put it uh, out. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that makes sense. You got to put something out there. Yeah. Um, you were like a single skew company for a very, very long time with your yeah. original mud water blend. Then you launched sleep last year. Um, and then most recently, as you mentioned, the turmeric and the matcha flavors, what, like, what made you feel like it was time to go beyond, I guess we can almost like fast forward, but what made you think it was time to go beyond the initial blend into sleep? And then beyond that this year, taking a leap into kind of this rebrand with matcha and the turmeric. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I think, so I'd been prior to starting this company, I had actually co-founded another company too, and it didn't work out. And, um, what you learn in those experiences is how valuable it is to focus and to, um, I guess more in the tech space, it's, it's called feature creep and to avoid feature creep where you start to like hear someone wants something and you're like, cool, let's integrate that in. Let's integrate that in that in, and you kind of lose like what you're core, what you actually do, what you're, what you're the best at. And so, um, there was always a hesitance to, branch out and launch new things um, because because of that like I wanted to make sure that we were doing it um, with a really with really strong why uh, but the rest product so the nighttime product was something that I was you know really drinking since 2018 like right when I started the company I was also playing around with this nighttime product and been drinking it three years before we launched it um, and a lot of that waiting time was just like it was what I was saying, like, I don't want to introduce new things um, unless we're really ready to handle that because it does, it can shift what, like, who, what, what does this brand do? Um, and I, I think that when I got around to launching it, it was for the reason that we're here to, to create healthy minds through healthy habits. And the first habit we're going after is how we find energy. Um, the first product was specifically around how people find energy in the morning. And I think when you look at that problem, like why do people feel tired in the morning? It's really because they're not sleeping at night. So the best morning ritual starts the night before. And if we're, if we're really interested in making better morning routines, it's like you have to include the night too. And so we were able to really see like, you know, the bookend, it's either the bookend to your night or the bookend to your day and creating products that can be these like lead dominoes to better habits around both of those times, which I think are key times to influence the health of your mind. Um, so I think to answer your question more specifically, when we launched the product, um, we just felt like we had the team, we had the understanding of our brand and positioning to, to navigate it at that time versus prior to that, um, I don't know, we liked five people and <laughs> super small team and um you know also just yeah just growing extremely fast and kind of just trying to understand what was happening love it um for the most part obviously this has been a really heavy dtc business yeah um since in, since inception and i feel like especially with a category um centered you know around educating consumers for the first time on something like mushrooms being able to tell that story through dtc makes a ton of sense um are you thinking about how this brand kind of transitions into retail in the shorter or long term? 
Is it more about continuing to scale DTC and maybe tap into some other markets that are experiencing like similar dynamics from like the nascency of mushrooms, like in the UK, maybe, or Australia? Um, or is it kind of hard to maybe go up next to coffee in a retail environment just because coffee from an out-of-pocket perspective is, is rather cheap and maybe you have to adjust the format? I don't know. I'm just curious mm -hmm. like, how you think about the evolution um, of the channel strategy also considering kind of the CAC environment com compared to the early days? Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I think every, every company will, um, I mean, I guess, depending on how big a company wants to get, uh, there's, there's limitations to how big you can get on just one channel, like direct to consumer online. And if you're looking to get bigger or you're looking to continue growing at a rate, um, at a certain rate, it's like you need to start to look at either additional channels. So going from like D to C to more of a retail strategy or different markets or different products. Um, and, and so, yeah, we're, we're at a scale right now where we're looking at all of those and, um, and there's a lot of exciting things happening there. Uh, we, we're not not in retail at all. So we are in, I think, around 400 accounts across the US, but they're all like small, either specialty grocery or um, just like smaller cafes. Um, but we're, we've been learning along the way and sort of navigating like when to play that card and how we want to do it. And I think we're... Yeah, I think coming in, in 2024, like you'll see a bigger splash there from us, um, which will likely require some shifts, uh, you know, in, in, in SKU size, um, you know, how, how many servings do we need in the pack to sit on shelf? There's a lot of like really interesting things to solve for, for retail. So we now have the team, we're working on that. And then as far as international goes, last year in may um, we started shipping to canada and this is just a cross-border operation so super low lift for our team and it's gone really 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 well um so there's definitely like pent-up demand obviously crossover between um you know influencers and things like that from between both markets and so now going forward we're looking at sort of laying laying down the foundations for for diversified growth essentially between both channels and new markets. So 2024 is gonna be a big year for us and there's gonna be some foundations laid coming up this year on both of those things. Um, and yeah, a lot of that is just, we wanna we want to reach our potential as a brand um, because we really believe in our purpose. And you know, when it comes to creating healthy minds, it's like obviously something that's deeply personal to me, but I think something that's really needed on the planet. Um, yeah, so needed. So yeah, excited about that. Yeah. And you just touched on something that I, I want to address of this like healthy mind as a company, you guys have had a stance on psychedelics and how mushrooms as well as like psychedelic mushrooms have impacted and helped people you as a company have, you know, endorsed microdosing, et cetera. And I'm curious how you see not only mud water as a company, but just 
psychedelics and the larger ecosystem space kind of growing yeah. in the future and its take on mental health, et cetera? Yeah. Um, so early on, well, private, previous to starting the company, I had had some pretty transformative experiences with plant medicine and, um, but also, I guess partly um, because of those experiences, I was then introduced to a lot of other things that I've incorporated on more of like a day-to-day -day basis from meditation to breath work, things like that. And so um, when I started this company, I was thinking like companies, regardless of whether they proactively um, seek to or not, they create an impact on the planet. Um, you look at a company like Patagonia, like they acknowledge that and they seek to create, they seek to at least create a, the least harmful impact um, and potentially, hopefully a, a positive impact. Um, and when I was starting our company, I, I started to look at like, what, what negative impacts can we have? What positive impacts can we have? And sort of have been approaching it from the lens of like where Patagonia is, um, you know, selling apparel mainly, um, but with this larger purpose of, of saving the planet, um, saving our external landscapes, we wanna do similar, create products, create content experiences that save our internal landscapes, um, save the mind. And when you look at the, the problem of the mind, like why does it have to be saved? It's like anxiety, depression, PTSD, suicide, like these things are, are pretty much all going in the wrong direction. Um, and pharmaceutical industry is, doesn't necessarily seem to have had any big wins there in, in quite some time. However, w there has been a lot of wins in more of these, um, alternative or, you know, in some cases, illegal substances, uh, where there's profound benefit and efficacy and and so when I started the company, I was like, I want to align with that. Like there, there definitely is a problem. There's potentially solutions, but those solutions are sort of taboo. And, um, you know, that's inhibiting them from taking root in society and potentially having a massive impact. And I think it speaks to one of like our brand pillars, which is like, we really want to inspire curiosity and introspection. Like we want to shake up the snow globe and, you know, you look at our products, it's like, at the end of the day, whether someone purchases our product or not is kind of secondary to like, did we inspire someone to take a second look at their habit, take a second look at like their coffee consumption. And maybe that means that they look, took a look and they're like, this makes me feel great. I, the more I drink, the better I feel like that's totally, that's awesome too. But like for a lot of people, I think it's like, they take a second look, whether it's with coffee or alcohol or anything, and they start to walk to the beat of their own drum and have agency over their, their actions, agency over their, their habits, agency over how they find energy. And we want to do the same thing when it comes to, um, you know, therapy and access to solutions for this mental health problem. And so we've been donating to MAPS since day one, and we're starting to diversify our portfolio of, of where we, we put funds. Um, Heroic Hearts is an amazing organization doing similar work, but with veterans. And there's just, there's so much in that space that's 
really interesting to us and really impactful. And I think we're just at the beginning, you know, we're, we're a small company. So our impact monetarily is, can only be so much, but um, what we're looking to do is create the blueprints for more companies at our size to, you know, do what they can. And then hopefully in the aggregate, there'll be larger companies getting involved. You're already seeing like Dr. Bronner's, for example, doing some amazing work in that area. So maybe we can partner with them. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. Super powerful. I um, love the shake up the snow globe. I think, yeah, I'm, I think I'm, I like, I'm going to like, it's the best. Make that my new mantra. Yeah. I mean, if you saw our initial boxes, we've subsequently taken them out, but we had fuck your coffee stickers in it. And we took them out because it was like rightfully so, like a lot of people got confused, but really the, what that was inspired by, because I made those and put them in there, was um, this idea of shaking up the snow globe and, and something that I um, always remembered from my first Burning Man experience was being surprised by, um, like, this isn't just like a peace love festival, like, there's in fact, a lot of stickers that literally say like, fuck your ex, like fuck, fuck your burn, F your, your outfit, F your art car. And really what it's doing, it's not, it's not aggressive. Like it wants to fight these messages. It's more of like, shake up your snow globe. Like you're, you're attaching your identity to this thing. It might be an outfit. It might be this burning man itself. Um, but by kind of like saying those words, you pause and reflect and you're kind of like, what is my relationship to this thing? Am I getting angry at this person for calling it out? Like, cause I mean, we literally got messages of people like, how dare you say F your coffee? Like, and I'm like, really? <laughs> like you're, off you're offended by that? Like yeah. you might want coffee. to check your, your relationship. Coffee will be all right. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I love that idea of, of just shaking up the snow globe and, and allowing people to see things differently. Love it um wrapping up here we we always ask our, our guests kind of how they subscribe to wellness so like what their kind of weekly habits are as a means of living a healthy life while managing a demanding business like Mudwater. yeah so love to hear about your weekly kind of routine and if you wouldn't mind like would love you to dive a little deeper on what your personal kind of routine is related to like substances that you have on a daily or weekly basis just out of curiosity okay cool um i have a little microdose right here by the way <laughs> sitting Love it. by my computer um so yeah I'm kind of I'm a little extra when it comes to habits to be honest um but I'll I'll share so on a weekly like when you're looking at like a full week I do do um one thing is I've been doing Wednesday 24-hour fasts since 2019 um one of our investors who was a, a friend and college roommate of mine passed away that year. And I started doing these Wednesday 24 hour fasts as like a dedication to him. And um, fasting has subsequently been something now that I do uh, every day too, where it's, you know, I do intermittent fasting till noon. But I think just as a side note, like there's these things that, um, are beneficial to you, but difficult. And if you can dedicate them to something bigger than yourself, it can really help those habits take hold. And I think, yeah, it can just um, blossom in so many different ways. On more of a daily basis, my my habits, routines have gotten a little shaken up. My snow globe has gotten shaken up because I had a son um, just under a year ago. He's, he's like 10 months old. 
and uh, definitely amazing, but also change things up a little bit. <laughs> um, but typically my typical morning is I wake up around 5.30 and I'll go do a workout. So I train jujitsu um, and I like going to the morning class and you get hard workout done by around 7.30. Um, I'll come home, spend some time, play around with Lion, um, maybe take him on a walk with my partner, go, on a, go down to the beach. Um, and then I'll come home and I'll try to do some form of like meditation, breath work. I have a, I have a sauna, I have a cold plunge. So I love doing it in there. Um, and, and then typically I'll, I'll go to work around nine. Um, I try to, before I start any work, take a moment and, and just journal, kind of map out like, what are the, what's like the most impactful thing I can try to do today. Um, and I also will journal about more of like a reflection of, what I did the day before. A lot of that is more of it. I've found that when I don't do it, I feel the impact more than when I do do it, if that makes sense. Like, I don't really realize how impactful it is when, until I stop doing it. It's not like every time I finish journaling, I'm like, oh, that was amazing. But it's it's been a profound practice that that I really appreciate when it's when I'm not, when, it, when it's gone. Um, and then uh, fast till noon, um, at night after work, I'll, I'll typically stop working around five or six, try to leave my computer at the office, come home, try to do something with Lisa and Lion before my, my son's name is Lion before he goes to bed. And then Aliza and I have a, a nightly routine now where, um, most nights I'll like read in bed to like, I'll read a book out loud to her. We're reading Atomic Habits right now. Oh, great book. Um, and then we're doing, uh, we're doing a mantra together. So we're doing, it's the Gayatri mantra and we're doing it for 41 days straight. So it's like a 10 minute, um, sort of chanting like ritual that we do together, um, right before following in bed and try to get to try to be asleep before 10, hopefully before nine 30. Um, and then lions waking us up all through the night. So <laughs> love it. Sounds pretty epic. I just saw your uh, your aura campaign with. Yeah, that was awesome. I loved it. Um, he's famous. Adorable. Yeah, he's famous. So are you. Um, Shane, where can our listeners uh, learn more or find Mudwater? Yeah, so I I think Instagram is just a great place to start. It really shows our personality and and all of the things that we're interested in outside of just the things that we sell. Um, our Instagram is drink m u d w t r. And then, of course, you can come to our website, mudwater.com, M-U-D-W-T-R.com. And um, if you're not ready to buy anything on our site, we have uh, like an editorial platform called Trends with Benefits, where we post a ton of cool things, things you can watch, read, listen to, things related to psychedelics, wellness, adventure. So yeah, check, check those things out and let, us know. let me know what you think. Amazing, Shane. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Today's episode is brought to you in partnership with Athletic Greens. I started taking AG1 because I wanted to see what the hype was all about. Now, I literally can't miss a day. It's the first thing I put in my body every single morning. As someone who suffers from IBS, AG1 has completely improved my gut health and allows me to have sustained energy throughout the day. 
And since I'm always on the go, the travel packs make it so easy to stay consistent wherever I am. Love it. I've personally been taking AG1 for a while. And as someone who lacked a multivitamin routine, AG1 has been the perfect product to mix into my morning routine. Truthfully, I was a skeptic at first as I'm with most supplements and vitamins, but I've felt noticeably better at the start of morning workouts and definitely have seen an improvement in my digestive health. I tend to mix my AG1 with two tablespoons of lemon juice and coconut water, and it's delicious. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash STW. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash STW to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thanks everyone for listening to today's episode. Feel free to rate, review, and share the podcast. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to Wellness. If you'd like to sponsor us, please see the supporter link in our podcast bio. We hope everyone has a great rest of week filled with wellness, and we'll see you next time.